Greetings there, you intrepid traveler. You who wishes to know everything there is to know about the upcoming Showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania 36, and everything coming out of my mouth right now seems like wrong somehow. We do this every year. We want to provide you with the means, the tools, and the ability to enjoy what is generally speaking the most high octane, the most highly promoted, and in whatever way you describe that word means to you, the biggest wrestling show of the year as we talk to you about WrestleMania and how you might prepare yourselves for watching this behemoth event and how you and your friends, maybe some of you watch wrestling, some of you watch no wrestling, some of you used to watch wrestling, me and Joe will get you up to speed on the old storylines in that jazz. Joe, our WrestleMania 36 primer is going to be a little different to our previous primers. A little bit, yeah, just just a little bit. I don't know if <laughs> you know fans of wrestling will watch this year's WrestleMania and notice the subtle difference from previous WrestleManias or, or previous wrestling shows organised by the WWE full stop. Uh, because WWE right at the moment, Joe, uh, they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and make out like there's not like a global pandemic happening. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a, a couple of things that need to be addressed from the outset here. In our little podcasting world, mm. we've instigated a no COVID chat or Novid chat, Noronavirus. Yeah. And why has that been, Joe? I mean, that was not necessarily like something that we did flippantly, right? No. Well, you, I think, rightfully pointed out that a lot of people are really stressed out by this pandemic. And, you know, for good reason, because it's a scary time. And I think. A lot of podcasters then use that to be like, yeah, let's talk about something. It's quite exciting then, the pandemic. And for a lot of people, a pandemic isn't exciting. It's just scary. I think it's unavoidable for a lot of folks at the moment because if you're a week-to-week wrestling show and or if you are like a wrestling journalist, you know, in any capacity, I feel like, yeah, it behooves you right now to talk about what's going on because we are in unprecedented times. Hmm. Issue for us was that when you're listening to our shows, like for, let's look at the most recent episodes of the podcast that we have here in March. We had Edge, mm. which was for How To Wrestling. Yeah. We had uh, One Night Only, which is a UK pay-per-view. We've well, got to talk about COVID, obviously. Obvi- obviously it's going to come From a pay-per-view, up. what, 15 years ago. Uh, Bret Hart was ahead of his time in many ways. M- many people said he perfected coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, that was it. And we had Face Off for Cinema Swirl. Again, very relevant because of all the face touching. Yeah. Over <laughs> over with yeah, you guys at Subcultured, your most recent episode was about Juggalos, I believe. Yes, although the episode before that was about preppers. So that actually was relevant even though we recorded it two years ago. <laughs> so like, I did a tweet a while ago where I was just like, I had noticed that people were messaging me saying, geez, you know what, Like, I got laid off from my job this week and just be able to hear about you know something shitty that happened to the British Bulldog in you know Birmingham 20-something years ago took my mind off things, yeah. you know, or hey, you know, I just want to find out about Edge and not think too much about it. You know, it, it became apparent to us that people with our podcast, they tend to run a little bit on the longer side of things mm. and we're not like kind of a, here's the weekly news, 40 minutes, here you go, that it probably would stand against the audience and their enjoyment of things. And it's just not, it's not really relevant. Like, as you say, like if we're doing episodes about wrestlers from like, you know, several years ago and beyond why would we need to talk like it's not <laughs> like, relevant it's the same rule to me as like and you know no shamer folks but if you're a podcaster who opts to talk about your holiday for 30 minutes yeah. at the start of your episode <laughs> after your holiday like we're on different wavelengths if you want to do that that's fine that's not what we want to do no. and we're not talking about this this pandemic holiday on normal episodes 
However, with supplementary tweets, because there was a few people who disagreed with me about this and I had some chats with folks and I think generally that's helped me come around to the idea of like, obviously it's relevant for some folks to talk about this and other folks can avoid it. Yeah, I think that's the thing, because I think you were talking more from like, you know, ep- main episodes yeah. for all the podcasts. It's not really relevant to talk about COVID-19. Maybe a couple of the people who were like, well, why wouldn't you talk about it? And maybe listeners of our monthly pay-per-view reviews. Where it would obviously be relevant. It's very relevant. And yeah. we are going to talk about it in this primer. And we will definitely be talking about it in, you know, upcoming pay-per-view reviews with no audience. It's It's got to come up. It's relevant. Yeah, because as irrelevant as it is to the storied career of Adam Copeland, aka Edge, or the One Night Only, or the, the triumph and tragedy of Nicolas Cage and John Travolta in Face Off, it is obviously directly relevant here. If you are someone who is trying to avoid any sort of a corona chat and talk about you know things as they stand in the world, you're probably not going to be listening to the primer about the WrestleMania that's going to take place in an empty arena mm. for the first time ever. We are planning to put out last year's WrestleMania review on the main feed for folks because there'll be some bonus stuff happening on our Patreon page where we review all of the pay-per-views from AEW, WWE, and NXT. We've done so since you know 2015 or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to talk about it here and as it relates to things. I don't want to talk too much about like kind of the nuts and bolts of how it's affecting our life. Hey, it's it's affecting our life. It's affecting everyone's lives. As Joe said, we're obviously still working from home. We're at the benefit where, as opposed to like a lot of people who might find it difficult to do their jobs, we can still put our content as usual and hopefully be able to take advantage of some of this extra time and give you folks some little extras along the way as well. Mm. And we're working with Adam from the Atchera podcast and Sam from Cinema Swirl to make sure all the podcasts are able to like over-deliver during this, this weird period. Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel we... You know, it's our duty to do that, I think. So many people have been so negatively impacted by this. So many people have been, you know, laid off work or, or let go from their jobs or furloughed. Or find themselves in, like, doing their job in circumstances with which they never in the million years thought they would, a.k.a. being at home in your pants. Yeah, and I think <laughs> everyone has found themselves with more spare time as a result of not being able to go outside as much. Yeah. So, you know, I think it is. It's our duty, seeing as we haven't been so poorly affected as other people. It is our duty duty to kind of create more content and give back to our audience who have given so much to us you know the only reason we're able to do this is this for our jobs is because of you lovely listeners so we want to be able to still do our dangdus with our yearly tradition now of doing the primer talking about the scenes the storylines everything that goes into calling it the showcase of the immortals really is weird this year yeah like particularly because up until recently a number of immunocompromised people were scheduled to be on this card like some of the phraseology around wrestlemania the granddaddy of them all the biggest night of the year it's our super bowl all of this kind of goes on the, a little bit on the wayside. And before we talk about any of the matches and any of the storylines, and the stories are still chugging along, you know, this is still a WrestleMania as far as we're all concerned. But let's talk about the biggest elephant in the room, about why this WrestleMania is going to be a much different experience for people watching live. Is because that you may be watching it live, but no one in the audience will be seeing it live in person. These are in front of empty arenas, and by the looks of things, from the way the cards have been laid out, Joe, we have a lot of what I could best describe as closed set encounters. Right, what does that mean? As in Firefly Funhouse match, Boneyard match, matches that are literally going to take place 
as like kind of a scene from a movie. Like when we had the House of Horrors match. Oh, right, okay. You had a lot of fun with that one, remember? Yeah, of course. Or when the New Day attacked the uh, the, the Wyatts in their compound in the swamp. Yeah. Remember that? Of course. Yeah, or when Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, they had their final deletion match. Remember when they did that in WWE? Yep. I don't know if Matt Hardy remembers that. <laughs> the lack of audience. I think all of us have been on a bit of a roller coaster journey, mm. but you as a newer fan, mm. there was intrigue with this initially? I was and remain incredibly excited. Okay. Excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. The lack of an audience, which some of the wrestlers have been coming out and saying, like, you know, it's hard. Yeah, no shit. Like Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, these are like old top performers, you know. Becky Lynch, you know, these are people who live with the audience in the palm of their hands and they're saying, it's going to be tough. Absolutely, and it will be tough. It, it won't be impossible though and this is something we've talked about before a few times about wrestlers who have experienced wrestling in front of like no people yeah like Pete Dunne the, the, two, the story of Pete Dunne wrestling for the two, two people, people yeah, yeah. yeah but William Regal as well in his episode we talked about how he wrestled in front of no one yeah. Kevin Owens he's wrestled in front of no one before like quite a lot of wrestlers that have worked the indies have a lot of experience in wrestling in front of no crowd at all the best story about this of course was in one of the feuds leading up to this Daniel Bryan uh, one of my faves taking on Cesaro in an empty arena and Cesaro tweeted if you told me 10 years ago I'd be wrestling Daniel Bryan in an empty arena I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me it was for the WWE I would have been very surprised (laughs) yeah that's the thing you've got a lot of really experienced wrestlers that I don't think will be put off by the lack of crowd and I'm I'm quite excited to see or should I say I was very excited to see what the WWE would do with the limitations in place. Because, like, AEW Mm -hmm. has done some really interesting things without a crowd. I honestly didn't want to point this out to you, but I... You know, I think you've enjoyed, like, watching the weekly shows more for the last three weeks. Yep. Than, you know, probably any time beforehand. Because I know there's been pay-per-views you've enjoyed. You know, we've went through periods of watching NXT or NWA. Like, lots of kind of shows where it's like, hey, this is a fun wrestling show. Yeah. I don't think you've ever gotten into watching Dynamite and Raw and SmackDown. as like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that now. You know, like, It feels like there's an, a level of excitement and anticipation almost with some of it. Definitely with Dynamite. It was the case with Raw and SmackDown the first week. Mm. And then after that first week, it just went downhill. Like, right. they... They've just not done anything good, WWE, really. I mean, I feel like we've gotten... The one thing I thought we would get out of this with no audience, we get some great fucking promos. That's what I thought, because I was like... I was thinking, you know, if it was me, if I was Vince or whatever, and I suddenly had to do put on a wrestling show with no crowd, I'd be thinking, well, what can we do with the limitations that we have in place? Like, what are things do the crowd normally fuck up for us? What things do they normally stop us from being able it's to the, do? It's the big promos, isn't it? There's yeah. no, no what chance. No what chance, no, no beach balls. No no booze when they should be cheered, no cheers when they should be, hey, yeah. we don't need these guys at all. Let's get- <laughs> and that's the thing. AEW obviously looked at that and said, great, we'll put on some really serious promos, ones that normally could be. I mean, AEW don't really have the problem of a WWE audience in that they don't really yell what chance. No, the, the audience in AEW are actually very fairly, good. As, as right as they are, are quite respectful when yeah. you know, Cody or the Elite want to come out and cut a promo or whatever it may be yeah mm. but like i do like think that aew while it's probably in more of a risky situation than wwe and have had to be a lot more kind of adaptable on the fly i mean this is a company that's not got you know buildings that it owns that it can put wrestling in out of whim like wwe can so i think like i'm kind of comparing 
this is like, I don't know, at the Edinburgh Fringe, two shows have really like had a, an absolute like disaster and no audience is going to show up. Whereas one of them has got like, you know, a lovely venue that's all sorted. There's money in there. There's sponsors for them. They're fine. And the other is a bunch of kind of ragtag drama kids who are really wanting to put together this one act play about Metal Gear Solid. that They're really fucking passionate about it. <laughs> that's almost close to true life. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of feel there is a bit more of like a can-do hustle and spirit with the little engine that could with AEW at the moment, even though obviously they are back by a billionaire but the show comes off as a little bit more authentic like we're all trying to do this together well that's the thing and i think when you're a billion dollar company like wwe is it makes you a lot more inflexible like having Mm. worked for a couple of big organizations in my time there's a lot less agility from those corporations than there is from like smaller corporations and smaller businesses when you are smaller you can do more you can be more flexible you can like take risks and stuff without risking everything so like lower risk higher reward exactly yeah i think because WWE is such a massive company you know they probably have like brand guidelines and all, all these rules and regulations and everything of things they can and can't do and must do and absolutely must never do yeah and they've got to like rewrite all those rules for having no crowd, and I just don't see that happening quickly. I was saying to you, it feels like like certain groups have taken this and they've really thought, right, that this is the the main thing we have to work around is the lack of audience. Yeah, and let's really try and like structure the show, the matches, the segments, everything around the fact that there is no audience, and like just try to make it kind of like we're not ignoring it and that we're acknowledging it at least, but we're trying to work around it. Whereas WWE feels like, well. We're on the rails now to WrestleMania. Like, you know, we know this, this, and this is going to happen. How can we pare back what we have so much that we can use what is technically still usable and Mm. build to WrestleMania? Yeah. Which is why we've had the Shayna Baszler sit-down interviews, the Becky Lynch coming out in a cool truck. We've had the Edge to camera promos, the Randy Orton to camera promos. We've had the Kevin Owens to camera promos and the Seth Rollins to camera promos. We've had very little wrestling. Yeah. And very little other than, like, in terms of announcements and news, it's more like kind of like, well, you think we're wrestling, but it turns out we're going to wrestle in this slightly different type of match, so it's less weird for us. Yeah. Like that, that's the news that's coming out of it. Of the two, though, and I hate to say this, I think WWE's is a more sustainable model. Why is that? Because they've got a building that they can do it. They have billions at their disposal. I feel like with everyone who's got guaranteed money and all that, there's less of a risk of them. Like, I feel like AEW... Like the folks who aren't able to make those dynamite tapings, it's kind of fucked then, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's no indie shows to make up the slack. So I kind of feel like WWE has a just, I think it's more sustainable just because it's WWE. And also I think because they're doing it like this, like they're really giving you as little as possible. Like Raw and SmackDown, they're showing like full matches. Mm. Like we had the Royal Rumble in its entirety. It's 40 minutes. It's an hour. Jesus. You know, 45 minutes was the main event in WrestleMania last year with with entrances. Becky Lynch comes out at Raw going, here, get a load of the main event from last year. And they just showed Becky, Shane, and Charlotte. They showed Becky, uh, Ronda, and Charlotte from last year. Wow. I mean, I get it. You've got three hours to fill, but, you know, uh, that, that's, that's sustainable for them. I think they can go on doing it like this indefinitely. Mm. Now, I don't want to talk too much about, obviously, the big picture, and I want to get into the WrestleMania. But I was saying to you last night, my biggest worry is that during this WrestleMania, we get an ad for Extreme Rules, or mm. whatever the fuck it is. Because I was on WWE's website, and all of their shows are still listed as going ahead as normal. Yeah. I mean, the pay-per-views, I should say. Like. Yeah. I mean, let's talk a bit, maybe, for... Let's talk a bit, maybe, about Vince. Yeah. And why 
this is because I think a lot of people are going to be like in the same boat that I am, which is like, why is this even going ahead? Mm. Like, what? Why do they? You know, they own all the buildings, they own everything. They're a billion dollar company. They can afford to just not do WrestleMania and stop some shows for like a few months. Like put put a pause. Put but... a pause. Yeah, like they've got all the wrestlers on contracts. They're not going anywhere else. I mean, there's there's a, there's kind of a process. I think. Forgive me if I'm completely speaking out my arse here. I, I may well be, but I know there's like lots of places that are what it's called like mothballing at the moment, where they're basically kind of like putting the businesses into hibernation like shutting down it as much as possible but still keeping it technically ticking over and alive but i mean you tell me you've done a, a five and a half hour chat with me about vince mcmahon why the fuck is this man running wrestlemania in a front room this year with no audience i mean i can only assume knowing what i know about vince that he doesn't really take this seriously maybe if sneezing was a bigger symptom of covid19 he might actually be like yeah we probably shouldn't hold wrestlemania this year well, but when I you think... say don't take it seriously are you saying that he legitimately doesn't fear the virus yeah. or is it vince mcmahon is one of these like fucking death cultist stock market enthusiasts who thinks that him putting on a brave front right now is keeping the stock up i think it's both mm. i think both vince doesn't think it's such a big deal because he doesn't think he'll get sick i think he doesn't believe that people he cares about will get sick i think vince is one of those people that's like well if you're strong you won't get sick it's all in the mind he's over 70 he's at risk of course he's at risk as was you know jerry lawler who was similarly being like i don't see what the big idea is you know heading on a plane you know traveling to to do raw and thankfully he wasn't there this past week and i hope to fuck if he was there at WrestleMania, they were at least socially distancing a little bit. Like, I mean, you how know. old's The Undertaker? Taker's like 50s. Oh, okay, that's not... I always think The Undertaker's like 65. Jeez, Joe, don't disrespect the dead man like that. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there are immunocompromised talent on the roster. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and Roman we will Reigns. talk about that as, as we, we go through the card, like, but that's directly relevant. So why Vince McMahon does not fear it, the fact that he doesn't seem to fear on behalf of his many staff and employees as we said some of which are immunocompromised meaning they're more likely to catch an infection and and if they do catch an infection they're at a much higher risk yeah so i mean i know about immunocompromised one of my best pals from back in the day he was immunocompromised he had cystic fibrosis you know he's sadly no longer with us and like i remember when swine flu kicked off Mm. when we would have been in university together and obviously swine flu is is nothing compared to this but the fear right then you know because and he was yeah, he was immunocompromised, but he was he was pretty much like intent on living his life as a twenty year old as much as he could. Still, you know, yeah. he wasn't living in a box in a bubble. He'd go out, he'd he'd, he'd socialize and all that. But I remember the fear and like you know how scared we all were for him at the time because it's like shit. Like you know, it may not be scary to us, and you know, it may maybe just annoying to us that everyone's coughing. Going, oh yeah, I've got swine flu right now. But like you know, if you're immunocompromised right now and everyone's out there you know pretending to cough and you know mm. to get front in a supermarket. It's a much scarier world than you think, even if you are a big, tough wrestler. The lack of empathy from Vince McMahon is not shocking. And uh, it is a bit depressing that it's come like this, I think. Yeah, it's shocking and depressing, but it's not really surprising. I think we come to expect this of Vince at this point. Like, I feel like he's probably one of those freaks that just never gets sick. And he and because he doesn't get sick, he thinks that it's just made up and that everyone else is overreacting. Well, I mean, I'm not going to wish illness on anyone. But I will think that history will judge a lot of people, and I'm not saying favorably or unfavorably, but the actions that have been taken right now by, by big companies are, are, are going to be under scrutiny down the line. And like, if this was any other show, you could kind of 
in some way think they could justify rolling on with it. The fact that it's WrestleMania makes you think more likely that it should have been cancelled because the one thing that no one seems to be talking about that I feel is so important to this is the value of brands. Mm. And WrestleMania is one of those brands where we've talked about how WWE doesn't make stars as like they used to, where like the brand isn't Roman Reigns or Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles. The brand is WWE. The brand is WrestleMania. The brand yeah. is Raw and SmackDown on Fox or whatever it may be. And I kind of worry about the damage that may be done to the the brand of WrestleMania and like how people like Stephanie McMahon who like eat and breathe this fucking shit. I mean, it is shit. I hate to say that brands are important, like, but that that's the world we live in. That's marketing now, folks. Yeah. That that's how businesses conduct themselves. Surely this is going to do irrevocable damage. I mean, you've worked you've worked in businesses where brands are like at the forefront of everyone's minds. Yeah, like. This is surely hacking and slashing and burning and pillaging and salting the earth afterwards, right? I can only imagine the meetings that are going on backstage in WWE, the PR meetings in terms the of like... The Zoom meetings. Yeah, what, what are we allowed to talk about? What aren't we allowed to talk about? How do I plug in about? this webcam, goddammit? <laughs> I, I throw away any webcam whose USB I cannot stick in correctly straight away. I throw it and the laptop away. Get me a new laptop and a new USB that sticks into the goddamn hole. <laughs> I like the idea of Vince like plugging in the USB mic the wrong way around and just deciding it's broken and throwing it in the trash. Like a brand new Yeti. He just needs to flip it 180 yeah. degrees. And he, he puts it in the, and then his, his computer goes, Doo-dun! and he thinks it's sneeze and he slams it down <laughs> and throws it away like, God damn, plug and play my ass. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of chat that we should say at the moment that came out kind of early on in the pandemic. And you will say, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of governments are very slow to kind of react most of the action in America particularly seems to be coming from the big sporting events, you know, places like the NBA, the NFL and all that, where they're like, right, we're shutting up shop now. If yeah. we're not being told to, we're going to do it. And WWE, in its defense, and there won't be a whole lot of that, no. uh, they did start doing the empty arena shows kind of earlier than people thought. And they announced WrestleMania being empty arena. Like, they did it so early that people were like, this can't be real. Like, I, all right, like, all right. Yeah, but no, seriously, not really. Like, when they started doing the empty arena stuff, they were somewhat ahead of the public curve. Definitely, yeah, ahead of the American public curve. Yeah. I feel like a lot of other countries were faster off the bat, and I'm not including the UK, especially here. But, yeah, I think... I think a lot of people thought that they were being a bit premature with yeah. doing it in front of no crowd. I, I personally, I thought it was a great idea. I was very, very excited. Did I tell you about my conspiracy theory about the uh, the insurance? No. So I had this wild theory that the reason they announced it was that I found a thing about like kind of big event insurance, like say if you were to run a stadium and put on the Rolling Stones or something like that. Um, if you were to get insurance for something like that, allegedly, if you... I always say this because I work very briefly in the insurance world. Like, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that on a podcast, like, you know, all four weeks of it. But if you have a big event like that and it gets cancelled, generally speaking, there's a clause in most insurance policies where you have to make an earnest attempt to find a new venue or reschedule or try and do the show off your own back without doing it here in this venue to then prove to me, the insurance company, well... You were hard done by an act of God or whatever it may be. Uh, I've seen now that you've tried to rearrange this to the best of your ability. In light of that, here is a generous payout. Now, obviously, WrestleMania is a multi-million dollar gate and multi-millions of dollars for the city in question. Everyone's going to have loads of insurance. The city itself, you know, WWE, all the, the building, all that jazz. And I would have thought, okay, we announced we're doing it in the Performance Center 
four weeks ahead of time and then as this pandemic unfolds and it becomes likely that it's impossible to film anything we can then turn to the insurers and say we tried we tried to put it in our own building we even tried to have wrestlemania or biggest event in front of no one and we still couldn't do it can we have our insurance payout please no it turns out Vince McMahon just really wanted to do wrestlemania it was far less poirot and much more Monday Night Raw than how they went to bed things. Like, although I'm not surprised that Vince isn't taking COVID-19 seriously, I am surprised that he would rather put on a half-dead WrestleMania than just wait and put on a proper WrestleMania. Because like, this is Vince's baby. Like yeah. Anyone who listened to our episode on Vince knows he mortgaged his house to put on his we, first we, yeah. WrestleMania. Like, we, this we did is... a whole episode about WrestleMania. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it is... Vince McMahon, like, if as an event can closely represent one person, you know, it's it's him. So I can see on one hand why he's like, well, I'm going to keep doing it regardless. But on the other hand, he's surely looking at this go-home show that was on this week and going, well, there's not much to see, is there? Uh, yeah, and you're usually during the point where we say, hey, check out this segment, this match, this bit, this bit, you know, to get you in the flavour for it all. I mean... If you see someone who you happen to like, like Edge or Andy Orton, you yeah, know, there's say, some great promos to watch here. Edge, absolutely. His promos have been totally like... I mean, the only difference is that you haven't got the crowd like absolutely nuclear hot for him. Yeah. But his promos are great. They don't need a crowd. Yeah. He's, he's just fantastic. It is interesting as the weeks have went on, how there seems to be less and less wrestling happening on the yeah. WWE shows. And I mean, that three-hour Raw... Is difficult to fill out. What about the two nights of a seven-hour WrestleMania? Well, that's it now, Joe, because uh, much like WrestleMania 2, this is such a big event, brother, that it has to take place in multiple venues. And WrestleMania this year, for the first time ever, across multiple nights, as you say. Yeah. Saturday night, Sunday night, two nights of WrestleMania, and we have... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 confirmed matches, as well as heavy rumours that there will be some kind of like wacky bits and pieces thrown out there and some kind of like oddball matchups for a bit of the comedy and a bit of brevity along the way as well. See, my biggest criticism of most WrestleManias, and this is saying something because I love me some silly segments and a good promo. Yeah, check out our Halloween Havoc 1995 episode, our first classic pay-per-view review is up on patreon uh, very shortly folks but my worry with this year is that i mean every year at wrestlemania they go so hard on the promos and like wacky segments and it's just it drags and it's boring like i constantly make fun of the wrestlemania where the rock set fire to his name for 20 minutes like if they're relying on that kind of filler for one night of wrestlemania in front of a crowd what the shit type of filler are they going to do yeah. with this two-night WrestleMania? With no crowd. With no crowd. Hosted by Gronk. Oh, Jesus, of course. Gronk is hosted. What a curse. What a fucking so curse. Cursed. So cursed. Yeah. I mean, I'm still wondering if we're going to see classic matches shown at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think we will. Like, at least one or two where Gronk will be like, remember this? And he'll show you Hogan and Andre. And Gronk will be like, remember this? And he'll show you Bret and Austin. You know? <laughs> like, I mean... I look at these two nights and my logical brain says two nights, reduced audience. There's going to be, obviously we have a, you know, 10 feet as opposed to 10 miles to walk down that ramp. There's going to be much less audacious entrances. You know, there's going to be less kind of, you know, theatrics. I don't think we'll have lots of live music and live performances. Like there's going to be a lot of less downtime. So I would think two nights, two, two hour, 40 minute shows, hmm. you know, like a classic WrestleMania length times two. 
But I'm really worried the way you're talking there now and the way my mind is thinking that we're going to get two, four or five hour WrestleManias. Yeah, that's what I kind of With think. a lot of filler. Lot of filler. I think we'll get a, probably a 20 minute promo from Triple H. Probably get to see a bit there of... There will be no crowd <laughs> here tonight. I... Yeah, it's, oh, it's just going to be difficult because like, on the one hand, I kind of assume that they'd bring in a lot of the older stars to like cut a bit of a promo. But you, but you but can't, like, that's the you thing. You can't, that's the thing. Like, like, I honestly would have loved to have like, an hour of this where it's like, hey, we got all the fucking legends on, on Skype or Zoom or whatever. That would be amazing. We got, we got Sean and Razor. Yeah. Talk to us about WrestleMania 10 while we show a few clips. That'd be great. You know? Or we got Brett and Austin. Talk to us for a few minutes while we show a few clips. Just little bits like that where, where at least we're not trying to pretend, again, like I think WrestleMania is going to be like those Raws and Smackdowns they're going to give you as much as possible pretending that nothing has happened and it's going on as normal mm. and look I'm not one of these people there's a lot of people who are like how dare they say what's going on at the moment say it WWE put COVID-19 in your mouth and put respect in your voice like people are thinking WWE should be out now talking there's a pandemic ah stay at home I'm not saying that don't do that but like AEW is like having things like Chris Jericho saying that the inner circle have banned the audience That's that's the thing. You and know, like, have some fun with it. I feel like you have to go either one way or the other. Like, you have to either write a kayfabe reason for there not being a crowd and absolutely having a heel authority figure saying, I don't want the crowd because they're on the other guy's side. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. But I feel in a company like WWE, where they announced the death of Osama Bin Laden on... You mean his permanent compromisation? Yeah. Like, they decided to stop the pay-per-view to talk about that, and they're not going to mention COVID-19, like, at all. And it's just weird to me. Yeah, I think, like, some people are addressing it in, like, you know, in, in the vague terms and whatnot, and I'm fine with that. I just think that WWE needs to... They've not figured it out. Like, this this kind of, like, everything's normal situation does nothing. Like, honestly, if there was a time for Vince McMahon or Michael Cole or whoever it is or Triple H to look in the camera and kind of be like, look, things are a bit scary and fucked up right yeah. now. You know, I, I'm taking a lot of solace watching, you know, my late night host. I'm a big late night talk show fan. You know, I watch a lot of Colbert, John Oliver and, and, and names like that. And I'm taking a lot of solace watching them kind of in the front rooms kind of going, hey, I'm a bit scared too, but we're going to try and get through this together and put on the best show possible. And that earnestness... I know it's there in WWE because they are earnestly trying to give you the best show possible, but it just feels that there's a disconnect. Yeah. There is an attempt to maintain everything as the status quo that's just not possible right now. And I feel if I'm seeing like Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler come out for their matches with big, crazy fucking outfits that are meant to be in front of 80,000 people, I'm going to be like, like... But then again, how can you do anything else? Because how can you not pretend like it's WrestleMania when it's fucking WrestleMania? The name's the clue, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, oh. I was saying to you this morning, in like a year or two, will we be seeing footage of this in promo packages? Are we going to be like, this never happened? (laughs) And I think you will see it in promo packages, because like, why waste? I mean, it's so expensive to put on a show. Even like that, like, yeah. Even like this. I don't know if it's more expensive maybe to put on a show like this. Like, I don't really know because they're not getting the the ticket holder sales. If you're assuming there's the loss from the actual WrestleMania, putting on this make good WrestleMania. Plus all the risk. I imagine they have to get special insurance. Oh, yeah. Because, like, that's the thing, like, I think a lot of people have been asking, like, why are they even going on with wrestling, given that, you, you know, everyone's supposed to be socially distancing right now. Mm. Wrestling, by its very nature, is very close. It's a close yeah. combat sport. So, 
you know, they can't socially distance no, and but like, wrestle. What, what the general rule of thumb is at the moment, what people are doing in wrestling shows is there's people backstage, obviously, but everyone has to socially distance. Before you go out to the ring, you, you know, everyone gets tested, you know, there for symptoms. Before you go out to the ring, they, you know, they check your temperature, they do a breathing test. Like, they give you the once over to make sure you're not showing symptoms and you're okay right now. But yes, you can spread COVID without symptoms. Thing. I know. That's, that's an issue. And of course... We're not at the point in the US or many places in the world where they're doing what's known as like contact tracing, where it's like, right, you came into contact with someone who, you know, has COVID-19. Where did you go? Who did you talk to? Who did you touch? Like, you know, actually doing that kind mm. of like, you know, proper pulling on the thread. We're not, we're not doing that yet because it's felt that that's too much work. Why aren't they doing like actual testing? Because like I would have thought WWE, billion dollar company, could afford to do testing. Of oh, they are, they are doing testing. Uh, WWE have been testing their people. Yeah. Okay. So they're not just like testing for symptoms. They no. are actually testing them to see they if are, they're they're testing. There was a report that came out like two or three weeks ago where it's like WWE have gotten their own tests. Like, and but again, I think that's the same case for most you know if you're going to put them into the sports category yeah. the billion dollar co- companies that are, own sports teams and stuff like that then yeah they're they're a part of that group who are, who are getting tested because yeah surprisingly billionaires can uh, get a bit of a preferential treatment in this but like the question about cost and all that i mean anytime there's going to be more kind of logistics needed for, to pull something off like wrestlemania 2 costs more than wrestlemania 1 because it came from three locations yeah this wrestlemania is coming to us from an undetermined number of locations yeah and most of this wrestlemania has already if not been entirely filmed in advance wow. it's all in the can as it stands right now now in terms of spoilers i'm going to try and avoid certain spoilers by the time this comes out i mean there will be things that will be out and i think it's only right that we kind of talk about the things that are Obviously, it's not a spoiler if I tell you that Roman Reigns isn't going to be at WrestleMania. Yeah. But if you don't know and you've not listened to the man himself tell it to you on his Instagram, WWE are yet to say it. By Friday on SmackDown, there will be an angle that's been shot to to explain what's going to happen. Mm. But Goldberg and Roman Reigns, or or essential or, or main event, is not happening as advertised. And that's good. But you know what's not good? Mm. Roman Reigns himself had to ask permission from Vince to be let go and not wrestle at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, I mean, <laughs> who only last year recovered from leukemia for the second time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, there's obviously some delicateness about it. And I don't know if it's the case, like if you could say truly that he had to ask permission or if it's more the case of it was up to him to decide and he had to tell them. As a, like, I don't think Vince McMahon could say to him, "No, you're not, you're not, not going." I think they'll try everything they could have to convince him to do it. Still, and I'm sure they did, but I don't think they actually had the ultimate power over the independent contractor. Mm. And there's quite a few of those in WWE to tell them that they have to come in. And like Roman on his Instagram post, he's like, "Everyone's thinking I'm, you know, I'm immunocompromised. I'm not saying if I am or I'm not, but you don't know my life. You don't know if I've got old people living in my home. You don't know if I've got newborns." Yeah. Which I'm taking that to believe then that Roman has further at risk people in his homestead and that this is really not just for him but for his entire family yeah you gotta respect that whether now or replacement match which if rumors to be believed uh, it's gonna be braun Strowman taking on goldberg braun Strowman, friend of the working man <laughs> every bit of goodwill you got by going on bon appetit went right at the fucking door when you made those posts about evil uno you son of a bitch <sighs> i liked you braun apparently he's been talked to 
By whom? By people who are his friends in WWE who would understand the situation a lot better than Braun did. That's good because... And we should say, can you tell people what Braun actually did or said? Right, yeah. So Evil Uno was saying, look, this is going to be a really hard time for a lot of independent wrestlers. You know, we're not going to be able to pay our bills, our rent. You know, we're going to have to be socially isolating. We definitely aren't going to get work booked. Mm. So maybe now's a good time to support some independent wrestlers. Buy some <laughs> buy some merch. Maybe, you know, tell your friends about them. You know, support support wrestlers in whatever way you God, can. What a, what a hateful speech that is. Yeah, and Braun... Such, a, such hate in that, like... Braun was like, yeah, well, I was poor once, so uh, work harder. I've been working in a ditch. I dug dog turds and I, and I became the WWE you know top star in like no time because there's a man really like me I know what it's like to work for a living like look Braun didn't know what he was talking about he really really doesn't and that's the thing like like I love he, his I, comparison was about like he, he worked in Strongman and he made no yeah. money in Strongman so he got a real job it's not the same it's not the same is it's it? not the same and like I love Braun Strowman but like even I am able to look at his career and go, he's a bit of a newbie. Like he is. He's been wrestling as long as I've been a fan. <laughs> like that's not very long. Actually, someone. I mean, could be less. Could even be less. <laughs> and it's just the fact that like in an industry like this, where it's so much about paying your dues, and so many people like you look at AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or you know Samoa Joe, Kevin. Like there's so many people who have been wrestling for like 10 15 maybe even 20 years i mean like the proper paying dues you look at someone like becky lynch who quit yeah, who for quit. like six years yeah. came back to it. that's paying fucking dues exactly like. yeah it's a hard industry to be successful in and i would hope that someone working in wwe was able to look at their situation and go i am very lucky i'm very privileged mm. and it's not always about just being working your hardest and being naturally talented it's a lot to do with luck as yeah. well and look at braun Strowman. he's fucking nearly seven foot he weighs what 300 pounds he's an absolute monster of course he's going to get signed with wwe it's yeah. really not fair to then look at people like evil uno who is such a different type of wrestler different. you know he's not got that natural monster body he's not got that look that's immediately like but look he, at him he's a pro wrestler he's paid his dues and he's, he's paid his hard, dues. yeah he know? understands character development he understands gimmicks he understands putting on a show for you know a small number of people or a large number of people he probably understands about putting on a, a good match way better than braun does yeah, he just needs a team of people to help him do it exactly as well. but like look Every everyone is gonna have no shortage of fucking stupid things to say during this period of time, and you know, don't look to the fucking millionaires and the billionaires right now to to, to speak a little bit of uh, you know, speak truth to power and all that. Because for every fucking Braun Strowman there is, or every Ellen DeGeneres, you know, crying around her fucking giant twenty thousand bedroom mansion, like you know, there's people out there who are on the breadline essentially, you know, in re- in wrestling. And I think, yeah, if Braun's gotten a talking to good you know i can i can there's like i'm looking at the card here and i can think of like you know five or six people who could like you know go and give him the talk and stuff like that's the that, thing and it's know? like there's people high up in the business as well yeah. who could like i think of william regal like giving him a real stern talking yeah. to him like look boy <laughs> but like, i can even look at people like you know shayna baszler who was like Absolutely. you know she, she's someone who's like a standout and all that she still fucking went, went to shows and she still worked the indies you know she still Absolutely. paid her dues and she did her you know she's in her 40s yeah and she's only just now getting her opportunity to shine like. should have got a real job shayna <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean all I'll say is, for our main event, Goldberg and to-be-determined Braun Strowman, uh, yeah, he's going to get speared and jackhammered in around 10 seconds, and that'll be that. And you know what? I'm glad, because of in front of the normal crowd, 
And normal WrestleMania, the match I was probably most worried about was Goldberg and Roman. I would yeah. have thought the two of them would have run into each other and split their heads open. And <laughs> if, if, if Goldberg hadn't gotten to himself first. <laughs> Another main event that we have. Another. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are four matches that are considered to be the main events. Oh, cool. So it's just like Mick Foley said. The main event is just whatever you want it to be then. Well, they are going to have the advantage here now of having two nights. So they can say we put the women in the main event, WrestleMania, two years in a row. Even though neither of the women's matches would have been the main event if this was on one night. Well, technically this is the third year because you remember the year before the women main evented WrestleMania and Mick Foley was like, well, the main event can be whatever you want it to be. That that was actually Hell in a Cell. Oh, really? So, you know, that's that's obviously a different beast. Right, right, yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, Empty arena Hell in a Cell. Don't book it, please. Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. I look at this match... And I sorry, sorry as well. By the way, folks, the, the Roman Goldberg. We don't kind of get into the story and all that, seeing as the story isn't relevant. And like, is it, there a story? Well, I mean, yeah, there was a story. It's like you know, Goldberg wins the belt from the Fiend, and he's like, he lays out an open challenge, said he wouldn't go, and then Roman's like, well, "You're part time little bitch, bitch," and that that's Goldberg, you know, uh, having the having this young dog Roman coming up in his face. Right. But now it's just going to be Goldberg is defending the title, and he will win in ten seconds. Yeah. You know? You're gonna get a nice long Goldberg reign, folks. I hope you're excited for that. Like a Goldberg. And- Entrance in front of no crowd. That's going to be interesting. The Goldberg chance will still be the same though, because they'll be piped in. Oh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Our other main event, one that does have a story going back to Roy Rumble. And I kind of, I was saying to you earlier, I feel bad for a lot of people on this card because I don't think there's been a WrestleMania that quite has been set up as like, a, and we're building the future. We're going to have four people coming out of this. They're going to be new top stars. And I feel all those people who are earmarked to be a top star are going to not really get the same type of a rub. I don't know if Drew McIntyre is going to get the rub from Brock Lesnar now that there's no arena of people seeing if they're building Drew as the likeable fan favourite. Have you seen Drew on telly at all, really, in these draws? No. no, I was really intrigued to see if he'd do his three, two, one thing. <laughs> Byron said he would, three, two, <laughs> oh, hell Yeah! <laughs> All future WrestleManias need to take place on 316 Day. <laughs> I'd love it if just Byron Saxton's just in the crowd. See, he's the only audience member and he's just like really yeah. excited for everyone. Every match is like, hell yeah! Some of the ideas to kind of compensate for the, the audience, uh, WWE have apparently thought about doing like a, a banner. You have a, the around the sides or you've got like a, a frame essentially of like live streams of different fans going, yeah! No, don't want that. <laughs> Animal Crossing character. <laughs> that would be funny if you said surrounded with Animal Crossing uh, characters. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a good idea. I, no. I, I think that sounds like a nightmare. I mean, I, I dig the Super Game Boy vibes of having the, the frame around your action, but um, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea to involve the fans so much like already fans kind of ruin a lot of shows like surely we should be taking advantage of the fact they're not going to be there to Joe, ruin it come what? on they'll be playing with beach balls on the webcam I, fucking I wanna chanting see... what or going eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I want uh, I want 16 people uh, in low quality webcams to chant Knowing Arlo will probably get one of them be like Frank the Clown or something. Like, oh, why? Bad idea. So Brock and Drew, no audience. We're not going to go with the ring of low resolution, as I'm now dubbing it. Uh, any ways we could salvage the, the, the lack of audience? I would go really hard on 
like this is gonna sound so weird and I, I, just wait with me okay i know okay. i know i'm not a long-term wrestling fan i know this isn't what most people would like because i think what most people would like was what we had in aew in the first week which yeah. is heels on one side faces on the other but that's obviously not possible now with exactly so. yeah that that would be my top choice if that was going to be considered safe yeah but it's not so <laughs> i would go hard on adding music Whoa! And not just like wrestling entrances okay. and stuff. I mean like actual music. I would try and come up with a score. Some it's like WrestleMania music you're, is you're like. You're going to see this somewhere, I think, on the cards. I really hope so because yeah. they said that they want to go more cinematic. Yeah. And honestly, the main problem they have at the moment is the awkward silences. When you have like mm. a heel beat someone up, like we had Shayna beat up Becky, and it was just like so weak. Oh, it's a bit awkward because you had like the guys on commentary just kind of sitting there watching. Go, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and then nothing, just silence. There is an awkwardness there. I don't think it's quite the level that Dave Meltzer has described it. Uh, wrestling pundit and journalist, he said it's like watching people work out in the gym <laughs> i mean but it certainly does lack a little something I mean, we, how many times have we called the audience are like you know they're like the score they're like the exactly they're, they're like the music or whatever in it and without that you know it's, it's like having no commentary something is very very much missing an element is gone there yeah i think we will see that i don't think we will see it and like some of these matches are going to be straight matches i think with both goldberg and Strowman and lesnar and mcintyre you got to be thinking they're working sub 60 seconds you really got to think so yeah. you can't think that Brock Lesnar is going to put on a much of a long match no and here's the problem as well does Drew McIntyre come in and kick Lesnar's head off and we, we slay the beast again in front of no one because I mean Brock Lesnar got slayed last year at Wrestlemania and the point is now is like if you're going to beat Lesnar who's your final boss like are we going to do it in front of no one at a Wrestlemania that we may or may not be openly discussing in a year's time yeah I don't know. I feel bad for the man. I feel real bad for the man. Yeah. Because I feel that Drew McIntyre was ready to be coronated this year. Yeah, it just feels like it's going to be lose-lose either way. You know what? At our Elimination Chamber episode and the Royal Rumble episode, I'm like, oh, Drew. And you're like, no, don't get excited because with Lesnar, something always happens. Yeah. And little did we know that this would happen. Uh, <laughs> such is the stroke of Brock Lesnar. He's orchestrated a pandemic that he himself is immunocompromised towards. Like, <laughs> the, what a madman. Like, ah, that's know. Paul Heyman's got him all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Lesnar, you should point out diverticulitis. He is yeah. immunocompromised. He is, at, he is at a higher risk. It's, it's, it's not my place to say like if, if someone who's had one serious illness is more at risk than someone with another serious illness. Uh, yeah, all I will just say is I think anyone who is in the category of immunocompromised, I don't think it really helps anyone to kind of try and start subcategorizing them. Like, at least for, me, for for folks like us, you don't really need to know that level of detail. I mean, if Lesnar is here and Roman's not, I don't know if that necessarily says Roman's more at risk than Lesnar, or it could tell you that Roman has a different living situation to Lesnar, who is living, if we remember, in complete isolation in the middle of Saskatchewan on his compound. Mm. You know, if anyone's probably set up right at the moment with a few rolls of toilet paper, it's probably Brock Lesnar. He'll be grand. He'll have a private jet there and back. And his entourage will probably be him and him and Heyman and no one else. Yeah. So I think Lesnar's situation is probably different for more than one reason. But he's there and is worth bearing in mind. Yeah, he is at risk. Or Raw Women's Championship on the line as Becky Lynch defends against Shayna Baszler. Becky Lynch, who's held the belt for an entire calendar year since really? WrestleMania. She's not lost it since last year's WrestleMania. Very protected character and character who's had a lot of momentum. 
I did feel bad for Becky showing up on Raw in her big fucking truck, which is obviously meant to be rolling out in front of 80,000 people in, in a big stadium. Mm. This was going to be her WrestleMania, also to be the, the man, you know? Not just proving she's the man, just being the man. Uh, I feel bad for Becky Lynch. I feel bad for her a lot. Yeah, it's going to be hard for her, I reckon. Like, And it's, just, it's going to be the same for so many of these big names that they were really trying to push like yeah. Drew McIntyre Shayna Baszler Becky Lynch like Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley yeah I mean, you don't get another chance to have your first big moment yeah. and I mean like I think Becky's got a bit of advantage in that she's already had such a push up until yeah. this point like she doesn't need it as much as like Drew or she, she's already the Rhea. poster child but I kind yeah. of feel like upcoming poster child Shayna Baszler and you know that this was was really necessary and like you know we, we reviewed Elimination Chamber on Patreon not that long ago and we talked about how it felt like the entire pay-per-view was kind of put to one side just so Shayna could beat up a lot of people and get put over. Yeah. I wonder if they're kind of regretting holding off on a lot of the Shayna-Becky confrontations until now because, you know, it felt like we had Becky get bitten and then we had Elimination Chamber and, you know, the stuff in front of no one doesn't really work when you've got someone who's like a submission killer. That's the story here, folks. Shayna Baszler is this fucking killer who's come from NXT. She's Ronda Rousey's old training buddy. And she's like, yeah, Ronda was, you know, you beat her, but she's nothing like me. I'm, I'm a different beast because you know, I'm, I'm a full, you know, I'm interested in a much lot longer. I'm a much more skilled, dangerous competitor in my own right. And like the story you're trying to tell where someone's going to be choked out or someone's going to be hurt physically and broken down in front of no one. That's a weird story. That's the thing. And I think it's important to note as well because like that's something i wouldn't have really considered you know in my early days of being a wrestling fan is how different styles of wrestling integrate differently with the crowd yeah like submission style wrestling really needs a crowd because you have the crowd just hanging on waiting like will they won't they tap out like imagine terry funk and jerry lawler and they were doing submissions instead of you know trying to poke each other's eyes out like it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have worked yeah and I feel there's a lot of wrestling styles that aren't going to translate in front of no crowd. And I oh, just, that's the thing. I think we need to have looked at this and gone, right, what are our restrictions? What can't we do? What what can we do instead? Yeah. Like, focus on the things that we definitely can do. It feels like it's lose-lose here for, for, for all these folks involved, you know. Uh, and there's a couple of matches I'm looking through here where I'm thinking, they can't get away with it having it be 30 seconds and... It's going to have to be a match. You can't do it with like a wacky stipulation. Yeah. You know, it's going to have to be a match. And I think that this match here, both of the women's matches here, I feel are going to struggle the most. Becky and Shane is going to be a, it's going to be a slog for both of those. I'm not taking anything away from them as competitors. This is just one of the hardest environments with the hardest story to tell. With two submission wrestlers. With, yeah. I mean, it's going to be real tough here. And I feel similarly for Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, where Rhea Ripley defending her NXT Women's Championship against Charlotte who won the Royal Rumble and she can pick anyone she can face and it's meant to be the young upstart from NXT and again I kind of feel like this was a story and a match that wanted to pit the kind of NXT audience against the Raw and Smackdown audience brother even though that's bullshit but like and again like Charlotte Flair is one of those wrestlers that needs an audience like it's like Imagining Ric Flair in front of no audience. Like, it's weird. Hear those woos echo around the arena. it's wrong. Like, I just think... I just think if it was me, I'd have gone, right, we can't do anything we wanted to do. We are going to have to completely start over from scratch, Mm. okay? Maybe put on a whole new premise for WrestleMania. Maybe we do, like, I don't know, like a new stipulation or something. Like, shake things up a bit. Like, we're not going to have the normal wrestlers that we used to have. We're not going to have all the big stars. 
it's like something radical needs to happen. You can't just continue these feuds and then replace people when they get sick. It's yeah. weird. So like, you know, Charlotte and Rhea is, is one of the ones that has not been affected in, in terms of like, you know, the, the competitors involved, the people who are meant to be involved and all that. The story is still going on as normal. And the story is, is like, you know, Charlotte sees someone who she thinks could be a threat in like a year or two times. She's going to like, it's, it, I think they want Rhea Ripley to be Sting to Charlotte's Ric Flair. Right. Where you've got the kind of the veteran who knows they're on top and they see the person coming up who's full of fire and is going to be the top person. And they're like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to show the world like that they're not ready yet type of thing. And I think the story of this match is going to be like Rhea Ripley, you know, just having these unlimited bounds of reserves, beating the chest and all that. And again, you know, you think of those encounters between Sting and Flair and you kind of think if there's no audience there, it's going to be a bit awkward. And I kind of oh. think Rhea's, Rhea's, Rhea's more safe than Shayna because Rhea goes back to NXT with that championship belt or as the top person on NXT anyway. She's not starting something new here as opposed to finishing what she's already doing. I don't know. She'll be less worse off than, than Shayna and Becky, I would think. I have no idea. Because she's still got, you know, this is her first WrestleMania, I guess. I know that's difficult for Shayna, but... You know, Rhea's younger, Rhea's still, you know, in the developmental system, for lack of a better term, but I do worry. Yeah, me too, so much. And the thing with Charlotte and Rhea being like Sting and Ric Flair, anyone who listened to our Ric Flair episode will know that part of the beauty of that match and that feud was, no, not just the length, (laughs) it was the fact that Rick was able to look at Sting and go, right, do this, do that, now do this. And he he was doing that because Mm. he was building off the crowd's reaction. That's what Rick's super talent is. As you'll hear in our Halloween Havoc 1995 episode, like he has this innate gift to just read the crowd and go, right, this is what you need to do now. Channel that into a series of moves. Like I've done stand up in front of no one. I've done that. Yeah. And it's fucking hideous. I bet. <laughs> it is absolutely hideous. And if you've ever seen a stand-up comic do it, there's no way to do it where you don't do the thing where you're kind of looking down at your feet and you're talking like this and then you're, you, you know, you're, you're delivering it in a way that's less than optimal. Yeah. Because when there's no one there, you feel weird using your big voice, mm. which is one of the reasons why podcasting is such a fun activity because you learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't envy them. And I mean, I mean, WrestleMania in front of no people is obviously a lot more challenging than walk about in Lincoln with no people. <laughs> but it's still going to be a challenge. Yeah. Which is why I think the next two matches here, or even three matches on our list, I think are going to have a better than fighting chance. First things first, Firefly Funhouse match. Pandemic or not, that's an exciting theory. You know, that's something we talked about for ages that we wanted actually on this on the Patreon reviews, we said we wanted to have Bray invite people into his world, like mankind used to do with the boiler room. You yeah. Know, you fight me in the funhouse, you know, loads of fucking puppets are going to fall on you and shit. John Cena is just back because he wants to, you know, give a fan speech and be part of WrestleMania. I don't know why I'm here. I got no movies coming out, or do I? And then uh, Bray Wyatt, aka The Fiend, he is saying to John, when you beat me at WrestleMania all those years ago, it started a downward spiral of mediocrity. My family kind of disintegrated. I got embarrassed. I forgot who I was. Crew six. Yeah. You know, burned the gaff down to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was an awful time for me, John. I had to team up Matt Hardy and a, <laughs> a tag team that was, you know, both of us felt a little bit awkward in. You know, it wasn't great. Didn't Randy Orton join him for a while? He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he didn't let Randy wear uh, overalls either. Like, you know, <laughs> what kind of a mind, what a sick mind lets Randy Orton join the Wyatt family and not give him a pair of overalls? It's ridiculous. <laughs> 
I am very excited for John Cena versus The Fiend. The storyline is, is quite threadbare in that the story only started once this pandemic started, really. Like, they challenged to the match and then John's doing his, his promo here and there. It's the match that I think will, will come across the best because Bray Wyatt is full of gimmicks and this match feels like, like with cinematic stuff... You want John Cena to come in and then to play the music and it'd be all friendly and then it turns... Like, there will be a part where the setting, like, it's a Smash Bros stage, turns dark into a fiend zone. That's what I want to happen. I hope so. Do you remember the 90s show? I think it was called uh, In Your House or something. Or I'm just getting confused with the pay-per-views. Oh! There's <laughs> <laughs> this great TV show from the 90s where people were put in this fake house. Oh, not upstairs, downstairs. Could have been upstairs, downstairs. I know what you're talking about where you have to, you have to rummage. You have to rummage, yeah. Love that. People with little kids like smashing their heads yeah. through tellies to get stuff. To find great. these like obscure little items yeah, yeah. and stuff. I Supermarket want... sweep for kids. Yeah, I want this match to be in a house like that yes. and then use all of those random objects as weapons and stuff and like have puppets there but then it to turn really creepy and nasty i want the pup i want seen it to come in at the start like hogan into the dungeon of doom uh, we're, we're all up in the dungeon of doom now since halloween happened yeah. <laughs> i want Cena to walk in there and him to be like i've been here i know who you are and I've been here before. And a rambling rabbit, like, he could touch it and be like, it's not hot. Like, you know, I, 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 want, I want the puppets to talk to him like he's in a video game. Right. You know, like, that Mercy the Buzzard is like, boop, 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 and it all comes up the text and John has to you know, find the key to open the door to get to the fiend, you know. <laughs> make this weird, make it full of music. It's yeah. on a set. It's fucking, you know what, you don't mean to say it anymore, but it's fucking WrestleMania. This is, like, one of very few chances that you will have. Yeah. And I hope they spit up these matches because there are other matches. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Oh, and a Boneyard match. Yeah, and a Boneyard match. Which Adam assures me is the Punjabi prison but made out of skeletons. Is it really? No, I think it's oh. just going to be a Boneyard match. What's that? It's basically when we want to do an Undertaker gimmick match but not draw attention to the fact that there'll probably be mass graves being dug around the world at the moment. Okay, so what does that mean? As in, it's going to be a graveyard match, but it's a boneyard. What's a graveyard match? You find a graveyard. Really? Yeah. Like a real graveyard? Well, like a fake graveyard. <laughs> I don't think... Like, unless it's like... Unless it's all like people who are like cool with it. Like, you know, yeah. people who've died in the business and, you know... You know? <laughs> I, I agree to donate my organs to, to medical science. Yeah, like Buddy Rogers. I also agree to wrestle on my grave. Yeah, Buddy Rogers would be like, no, go on, take a flat back bump on me there. Go on. Go on. You know, because like, you, you, this business, he understands this business. I mean, the way I view it is this. If they're right to use the phrase boneyard and SpongeBob SquarePants, they can use it in WWE during a, a pandemic. So it'll be gimmicks. The whole storyline of this is that Undertaker inexplicably cost AJ Styles a bunch of matches in Saudi Arabia and an elimination chamber. Undertaker has then been called out by AJ Styles as being like, you're just Mark Calloway, man. And the earth is flat, man. I'm, I'm breaking all your preconceived notions, man. <laughs> and AJ Styles, bless him, he's, he's improved as a vocal performer over the years, but it has been a bit painful to watch him decimate The Undertaker, a.k.a. Mark Calloway, because you got a wife, Undertaker. You're married to Michelle McCool. <laughs> Think about that, boys. And Gallows and Anderson are like, yeah, what are you going to do, dead man? Go home to your wife and be married? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're halfway to doing a really cool angle here. Y'all have wives. This, one of you even fucking cuts promos about your wife on Twitter all the time, for fuck's sake. <laughs> AJ Styles definitely is a wife guy. He's always talking about what his wife, Samoa Joe's. Was it Samoa Joe's wife? Is someone else's Samoa wife? Samoa Joe was going on about his wife. Yeah. Oh, no, that was it. You're right. Yeah, yeah it was his wife. I'm he, sure... No wonder he's a wife guy. Yeah. yeah. Once bitten, twice shy. 
do feel like this could have been quite cool though. Like if they'd had the Undertaker kind of like maybe you know now that there's not going to be a crowd, maybe the Undertaker doesn't bother like with his look so much. You know, he's not being the dead man. But he's been less than the dead man. You yeah, know, he's stormed out. He's wearing a bandana. But he's kind of gone back to his old American badass. Yeah, that, that's he? that's less dead man. That's more human Undertaker. You know, right. that's that's more denim jeans going school. But he's still Undertaker. like. Wearing black. He's still dyeing his hair. Yeah, I mean, they've still got the spooky music as well. Yeah. We've got the Limp Bizkit back, unfortunately. I don't know. I feel like it would be cool <laughs> if we had, like, I don't know, an angle involving Michelle McCool being like, maybe if we saw The Undertaker with, like, grey hair and he's like, you know what? I think you it's want time. this to happen so much I, in I think it's, Yeah, so much. I think it's time <laughs> for me to wind down. And Michelle McCool's like, yeah, I think you should wind down. I think you should, like, wrestle less. And then AJ Styles like you're just an old man, and Michelle McCool's just like she doesn't see that you've still got it or something like that. Like I mean, trying like the... to entice him back into wrestling. Yeah, in, rather than Michelle McCool being the one to push him into wrestling, and AJ Styles being like you need to retire. Yeah, because like, AJ just pulled this kind of Michelle McCool's making you wrestle these shit matches in Saudi Arabia. I mean, hey, I'm all for that as a gimmick, like, but it came out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, it kind of felt like hey, Michelle McCool's married to the Undertaker, and also Michelle McCool is completely different to the character you may remember from nine years ago, man. Like, it, it's a bit more. The one thing that has my intrigue, other than the fact that The Undertaker hopefully beaten AJ Styles with a big long fibia that's like a kendo stick. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, the other thing was that The Undertaker is that he said, You bring Gallows and Anderson, you bring them boys down the boneyard, and I'll come with the unholy trinity of my own. Now, no one has really been talking online about Undertaker's claim of bringing an unholy trinity with them. And I turned to you and I said, Undertaker, Kane, Michelle McCool. Like, who else is it going to be? That's going to happen, right? So weird. But I, I like the idea that this boneyard match, if you know, AJ like, throw, you know, kicks over a tombstone and Kane comes out of a grave. Like, I mean, that that will make it fun in its own right. Like, if we're going to have silly shit like that, then cool. If it's going to be Undertaker and Michelle McCool getting on a fat hog and riding off to a tiger sanctuary at the end, I don't know if I'll be as cool with that. I don't see how they'll involve Michelle McCool, given that AJ Styles has Gallows and Anderson with him. I don't know. She's going to give someone the faith breaker, though, the Styles clash. That's going to happen. Oh, well, that'll be AJ Styles then. I swear to God that's going to happen. You know what? It'll be fun. And this is, I think, the only match on the card where I think it will be more fun than if it had been a regular match in front of a crowd. Because I think Undertaker's at the point now where I feel like as many gimmicks and special effects that can help him, help him. Because he's a character that you can get away with just giving him loads of special effects and stuff. You just need to do a lot. Hey, let's have this match happen, the lights go off, and then Undertaker appears somewhere else. Like, do loads of silly shit. I want this to be fun. And there will be music as well, one would hope. I really hope so. Last Man Standing, Edge versus Randy Orton. This one kind of sticks in the crawl a little bit. This was... Not gonna lie, in the back of my mind, kind of in the entire four hours we were talking about Edge for our recent episode, Edge has come back after nine years on the shelf on his terms. He is, through a combination of stem cells and intense rehab, has gotten his neck to a point where he can now wrestle infrequently. And his first singles matchback is against Randy Orton, his former friend, who have had a very bitter war of words and some excellent promo work. Edge and Randy Orton, last man standing, meaning that you have to answer the 10 count. And those matches tend to be a long, drawn-out, bloody affair or a violent affair. Also, they kind of rely on having an audience. A bit. I mean, they're a difficult match. Yeah. You don't... I mean, I think anything we've done one on the show, you tend to hate them. Yeah, I am looking forward to this because it's Edge and Randy Orton. Mm. And I think it's going to get vicious. Yeah, knowing Randy, like what Randy, what Randy pulled off with Jeff Hardy when they did Hell in the Cell, yeah, and that really shocked me because I was like, it didn't feel like it had much juice going into it, and this feels like it's got a lot of juice, and 
I mean, I wanted that crowd there. I want it so fucking bad, Joe. You know, and it, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm being the best Edge fan I can be right now, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. It's going to be great. You know what? He, he, he will find a way. Him and Randy together will find a way. Two of the smartest minds in wrestling who've got a point to prove. Two points to prove now, I guess. Yeah, Surely. I'd be, I'd be a lot more excited if this wasn't a last man standing match because I do genuinely have a lot of faith in them both mm. to be able to pu- pull off a match in front of no crowd. It is just that that match stipulation. I'm not sure how it will work. But it's a long match, yeah. and you have all these like moments of like, oh, will he get up before the ten count? And this, no the one skip there came after you know the the empty arenas. That's so weird. So it's like they, this is a reaction almost. I don't know if this is the plan anyway. Like I figured it would have had some sort of a gimmick match, but yeah, there you go. We're also going to have Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins in a match that I think really is one of those matches that was going to be kind of in the middle of the card and a bit lost. Kevin Owens and Seth are trying very hard with promos to make this relevant to talk about the Performance Center and you know the process of coming into WWE and all that. I feel they've done such a good job yeah. like considering everything. But then I would expect that of these two. Mm. Like they both have experience wrestling in front of no one at all. So yeah. I, I do have high standards for both. The The... Promo Seth cut on Kevin Owens being like, you missed WrestleMania and this is your final moment to like prove what you've got. Yeah, because every WrestleMania he's lost he's or, lost or, or been he's been out. injured. Yeah, yeah. and like... Or oh, last I'm... year, no, he wasn't even booked. That was exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. And then Seth was like, oh, you weren't good enough to get booked. Like, oh, you... Like, incredible. <laughs> and that's just a sort of promo which doesn't work when you've got fans there because yeah. they would chant what and it would be very frustrating. Or they would have cheered. Or, or they would have cheered, yeah. So I feel like Seth and Kevin Owens are doing a great job yeah. without the crowd. I love the promos they've been cutting. I'm really excited actually for this match. I, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for this. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, these guys are trying hard. They're, they have their backs up against the wall, I think is... And like they're one of the few people who've not got that. Well, it's the main event, or well, it's the championship, or well, this person's been booked or been pushed. You know, these are two guys who are, you know, they're, they're standing in the company is pretty much the same as it was last year. I know Owens didn't get booked last year at mm. WrestleMania, but the use of Kevin Owens has been pretty consistent for the last you know two years. Yeah, it has, and I have so much faith in Kevin Owens and Seth. Like Seth is Mister WrestleMania. He like, is. Yeah, he's he, Mister WrestleMania right now for sure. For and sure. he has, I think, a lot of. A lot to prove still with the fact that he missed out on his own share of WrestleManias in the past. And I think Kevin Owens isn't going to let the lack of a crowd stop him from putting on the absolute best show he can possibly do. Like, this is his WrestleMania. He's going to do his absolute best. I think this might be the match of the night. Really? The Knights. (laughs) The Knights. That's it. Yeah, there's going to be... It's interesting to see what's going to steal the show because I think oftentimes people look at WrestleMania cards and go, oh, this could steal the show, that could steal the show. I think it's much more open season now because it feels like you have less control as a producer over the length... I mean, you've less control as a producer over the audience now because yeah. the audience, you, you don't get the feeling like, oh, the audience is a bit tired after that one, so this match is going to struggle. Yeah. You know, this match has got just as much chance as the next one. Exactly. WrestleMania 36, where all matches are technically bathroom matches. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're moving into the slightly ad hoc side of things as we have the women's tag team titles. Remember those? As the Kabuki Warriors are defending against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, it's, yeah. it's been going on forever I feel like the Kabuki Warriors have been fighting Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for like two years I mean they feuded with them way back in the way back down the well I mean that's who the Kabuki Warriors I believe got the bells from in the first place right 
And I think the original plan was going to be the Bellas because the Bellas are going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Obviously, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame is being deferred. And I will say, you look at the NXT shows, all that stuff. Like WWE released their WrestleMania week guide this week, and it was like kind of join us Sunday for WrestleMania and Saturday for WrestleMania. And on Monday, they'll be raw from the Performance Center and a brand new episode of NXT UK. And there's going to be an Edge 24 and there's going to be a Drew McIntyre 24 and there's going to be like uh, 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 uncensored Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions. Like that's that's the WrestleMania week. So we ain't got no TakeOver, ain't got no... I mean, we still have a few of the docs and all that, but I mean... It's a bit threadbare, yeah. which is for the best because this is usually the busiest weekend of watching wrestling in the year. Mm. It's going to be two nights. and I mean, I guess it'll still be busy in its own way, but yeah. I mean, this match, I kind of feel like, yay, people are being put on the card and all that. Um, Kyrie Zane's not been on TV the past few weeks because yeah. Kyrie was back home in Japan because she was getting married. Oh, really? She was, yeah. I'm very happy for Kyrie Zane to That's get married. Nice. And she's gone back so she could film her match for Wrestlemania oh no so she's not even able to socially isolate with her new husband I mean like why are you sending her back and forth between Japan and America like like, I love the Kabuki Warriors I love Alexa and Nikki like these are all the characters and performers who I feel I have a vested interest in like you're not going to break any hearts or be viewed as bad feminists if you don't fucking bring people from halfway across the world to wrestle like is this essential like, is it? You know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like, give me Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. That's just as as, yeah. as good for me, you yeah. know? And like, keep fucking Kyrie safe in Japan with her husband or whatever. Just like, I don't like the idea of people having to travel across continents right at the moment, you know? It's dangerous enough bringing all these people around, but... I would have had... Sorry, this is such armchair booking. Oh, yeah. But I would have had, yeah, keep Kyrie sane in Japan. Have her enjoy her nice social lockdown honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I'd have had like Asuka go against like Nikki Cross. Oh, and have them in the corner on Skype, like as the managers. Oh, that'd be cool. Just have her like shouting encouragement on Skype. I was going to say, and then have Nikki Cross and Asuka actually end up realizing that they have a lot in common because they're both so chaotic, and then teaming up together to take on Alexa Bliss and Kyrie Zayn down the line. It'd be interesting to see if they are going to like, you know try and pull out some swerves and you know big moments you know are we going to see returns and stuff like that because i feel like kane is going to show up in the in the yeah. yard match i wonder if they'll still try and give us some big surprisements here at the wrestlemania shows mind you i mean glenn jacobs is he really going is that gonna look good for him as public you know, official like, yeah public official then showing up in wrestlemania depends do, do they do they film the boneyard match down in knoxville you know, true, AJ yeah. lives in Atlanta. It's not too far away. You right, know, yeah. Take us out in Texas. It would be easier for them to do it there than Florida, one would imagine. He says with his intricate knowledge of geography of America. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship as Bailey takes on Naomi, Sasha, Lacey, and Tamina. We were also meant to have a few other people in this match. I believe Carmella was meant to be in this match and Dana Brooke was meant to be in this match. I believe Dana Brooke is showing symptoms are as unwell now we have a, a bit of a muddy cloud at the moment as some people are just injured and unwell there are some people who are self-isolating for various reasons and there are people who are showing symptoms and self-isolating it is worth bearing in mind you could show symptoms and just have a cold at the moment yeah you know be self-isolating but that's why i was asking about testing are they not testing the people who are showing symptoms it's it they're testing but there's not a transparency there right yeah, they're about as transparent with you're finding out like you would find out about drug tests right this person is is self-isolating but we're not telling you why if they have symptoms if they're sick or not but i think we can assume 
Dana and Carmella, at least one or, you know, it's speculation now, but they're not going to be on the show. Right. You know, uh, it felt like with the setup of this, with like, Paige is going to be on SmackDown, folks, and all the chat that this was meant to be Paige's return. And that they kind of put the kibosh on that because yeah. there's no point, there's no point starting to build the return for Paige in an empty arena. No. Uh, Edge had the return at the Rumble. He yeah. had the, the promo to the crowd. So, yeah, I don't think Paige needs to be here. I don't know. The multi, uh, you know, multi-women's matches, throwing them all out there. I kind of feel like we were maybe meant to have something else. Like, where am I to Lacey's push? Here I was. <laughs> here I was saying Lacey's going to win the fucking strap down in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Now she's one of six. Yeah, God. Good I, riddance. <laughs> maybe they're kind of, when they put Sasha in the match, it kind of feels like the storyline here is that because Sasha and Bailey have been friends mm. and they're the bad guys together, they're making out that Paige, who seems to have inexplicable booking powers now. Yeah. You never lose that when you're a former GM, I guess. <laughs> But uh, she's kind of saying, oh, Sasha's in the match. They kind of did the look as if to say, like, oh, is Sasha going to, like, betray Bailey to get her hands on the belt? Which I think is what's probably going to happen. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm happy to see these women on the show. I think I'd be complaining if this was on the main show that you're throwing all the women and giving them a proper feud. That criticism still is valid when these people, by rights, probably shouldn't be out here. The more I go through this card, Joe, the more I start to think that we don't need... Two thirds of these matches. Yeah, especially the ones that involve like large groups of people, mm. like the mixed tag matches, just seems irresponsible. Well, here's what we're advertising for our next match: SmackDown tag titles on the line, a pairing that you've been enjoying a lot recently. When we could see a bit of in the Elimination Chamber, the Miz and John Morrison defending against the Usos and the New Day in a triple threat ladder match for the tag belts. So that's meant to be six guys there. Now. You know, if you don't want to hear spoilers about what's going to happen, folks, I'm not going to give any outcomes, but this is not the match that you're going to guess. You may or may not have heard that Miz is uh, unwell. Yeah. Uh, so Miz is, is sick. Now, what sick that means? What sick is that? Is he COVID? Is he injured? Well, I think it, he's probably, you know, he's self-isolating. There is rumours, and I call them rumours, that Miz's sickness has been a big factor in Roman pulling out of this because Miz was doing a lot of work with the Usos, and apparently the Usos were obviously, understandably, quite upset that the Miz was working with them while he was possibly infectious. Yeah. Now, the problem is, of course, as you pointed out rightly, that you cannot show symptoms and be infectious. So yeah. there's kind of, I don't know how much blame there is to go around there on that, since the Miz was coughing and spluttering and doing matches well. No, I kind of feel, if anyone's to blame here, and... This is really a common theme. I'm starting to think... The theme of the show. starting to think we should make t-shirts with this slogan on. WrestleMania 36. Blame Vince. Because <laughs> as always, it's down to him again. Like, if anyone's to blame for spreading coronavirus throughout the WWE, it's Vince. He yeah. should have closed it down. He's responsible for testing and limiting how many people come into contact with each other. He could have stopped this whole thing if he wanted to. Oi, big boy. 86 to SmackDown Tag Team Triple Threat Ladder because it's is you gotta shut it down you gotta shut it down guys it's not raw okay you can't just pull the stuff out here whenever you want it's wrestlemania what we are going to get again spoiler alert apparently is john morrison versus one of the usos in a singles ladder match oh really because i heard the usos because obviously they're related to roman i heard that they didn't want to do any oh anything full stop yeah but that's just i've just twitter rumors i don't it, it could well be then it's john morrison versus a new day member right yeah but you're not gonna get six people climbing ladders you're gonna get two or three yeah i, I was telling you, you know, one of my main worries was that we're in the middle of wrestlemania we're gonna get an ad for for the next pay-per-view mm. i was like fuck that i hope that doesn't happen because you know next is going to be extreme rules or whatever and i was like you know people so the idea of someone going through a table in front of no one is like really upsetting to me 
The idea of John Morrison falling off a ladder with no one in there to see it. I mean, it's going to be seen around the world, obviously, by you know hundreds of thousands of people. But I don't know. It kind of it's a bit lame, isn't it? Like you know that that that's we're reaching a level now of like you know there's mind over matter, and then there's like you're hurting yourself and matches that really shouldn't be happening in front of no one. Really? Yeah. And you know what? It's got me thinking about when we read Mick Foley's autobiography and he talks about a couple of matches where he was kind of told, oh yeah, do this crazy move, even though there's hardly anyone in the audience like, and hardly anyone will see it. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, that person tended to be Mick Foley's inner voice, by the way, most of the time. <laughs> like. And in hindsight, he regretted it. And it was like that shaved off years of my life, yeah. that shaved off years of my career. And, you know, if I'd just held off and done it in front of, you know, more people and waited until it actually was relevant and important and made a difference, I probably, you know, would have been really good for me. I mean, yeah, Morrison's all- He's, he's older now you know I mean, yeah. he, he's definitely on the, the the second act of his career you know or even the third act you know you only got so many ladder matches you can punch on that ticket left and I don't know if you want to even punch them in front of no one you know because is this is, is him jumping off a ladder now going to be like alright this is obviously a lot better than if you just wrestled him is it, is it going to make that much of a difference is the pain and the suffering mm. like because you know hey that's what a ladder match is folks it's, yeah. it's sore you know and I don't know if it's worth it I really don't think it is that's my kind of depressed take on things at the moment. Raw tag team titles on the line. Jesus Christ, this is a fucking shit show. The Street Profits, who were in a feud with Seth Rollins' Messiah group, they were meant to be taking on the Authors of Pain. Right. One of the Authors of Pain is sick. Could, okay. could be injured, could have COVID, we're not sure. One of the Authors of Pain is, is, is MIA, can't show up. So instead, what they said they were going to do was the Street Profits against Angel Garza and Andrada Cien Almas with, with Selena Vega in the corner there. And that's because they were originally meant to take on Rey Mysterio and Umberto Carrillo. We talked about that in our last pay-per-view, but Rey Mysterio, he's sick as well. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So first of all, it was Rey Mysterio versus Umberto Carrillo. It was going to be Rey and Humberto versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Right. And then it changed to Andrade. Oof. Well, no, then separately... The Street Profits are meant to take on the AOP. Oh, okay. One of the AOP is sick, Andrade is sick, so they've sickened the Street Profits together <laughs> with Angel Garza, and because he's got... And, and Angel Garza's with... He's meant to be with Andrade, but Andrade is sick, so now he's with Austin Theory. Right, and both of those are with Zelina Vega. Yeah. Now, this the, is so confusing. It's so confusing. I need, like, I need, like, red wool, like, on a cork board. You know, it is it's very confusing, because particularly because uh, already Zelina Vega has brought in someone, Angel Garza, who was meant to be a replacement for Andrade when he was injured. Yeah. Now Andrade has been injured again. She has to bring in another replacement. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, we've talked before about, you know, hey, they stick all the people of one ethnicity into a group and all that. And, you know, WWE has done that a lot in the past. You know, we, we talked... We've seen that a lot that, you know, if you are someone who was black, you're very often to be tagged up with someone else who was black because mm. Vince McMahon just kind of tends to do that. Not just Vince, wrestling as well. Now, I loved that Andrade and Garza were there with Selena. It felt like it was this really cool fucking unit, you know, who were there with this storyline involving Ray and Humberto. And you felt you had all these great luchadors and they were showing this style really well. And I get Austin Theory, he's an evolved champion and he's, you know, obviously favoured by Triple H and all the folks in NXT, so much so that he's went from the Performance Centre to NXT to Monday Night Raw to WrestleMania in the space of two weeks. But Austin Theory looks like a creator wrestler. I've not, I've seen him wrestle once now, which I saw him on Raw, and he was a very, very competent grand wrestler. I judged him as most as you could, most as you could without an audience, but he looked like some of the guys, like if, in No Mercy, if the bug kicked in where it deleted my, my wrestler, then I came a generic guy. With, yeah. <laughs> You know, that horrible music 
it would be Austin Theory. What did you think of him failing to catch Montez Ford? Oh my! I don't know like how how I feel about that because he can't wrangle was dodgy. Yeah, we saw we saw more of Zelina Vega than anything else, and I'm also aware of the fact that that Ford's legs smashed the the railing and his feet hit the the metal, so that maybe made it sound worse than it did. But not good luck. And like you can't tell me why this match needs to be on the show. Yay, the Street Profits! I want them to have a WrestleMania moment, of course. I want to see them in front of hundreds of thousands That's of people the with the red cup dancing with yeah. people having, you know, being the street prophets. I'm sorry, but I really don't feel they're going to work without a crowd. And look, we, I'm sure we've probably said this podcast before. You can put Selena Vega with anyone, but randomly your fucking, your top prospect from the performance center is just stuck with Angel Garza and they've got a tag title match. I don't know. There's no story going to this, folks, other than the very confusing series of substitutions I've just laid out for you. So, yeah, we do have some more tag matches on the show, and this is one of them. So. Mm. Match I am very much looking forward to, but I think it probably will be around 10 seconds long, which is Sami Zayn defending his <laughs> one, newly won and massive inverted commas Intercontinental Championship against Daniel Bryan, who's, of course, teaming with Drew Gulag at the moment. It's a fun little storyline. I really wish it was happening in front of a crowd. I mean, that's the theme of the night, I guess. Yeah, I'm really excited for this match. I hope it's not just 10 seconds long. They'll do some comedy and then it'll be like, Zayn will get beaten very quickly. That's what I would figure would happen. I want there to be actual wrestling, but I guess because of Sammy's character at the moment, they're not going to do that. But I really want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle Sammy Zayn. Ah! I do. I want that more than anything. And I made the mistake of listening to Brie Bella on her podcast talking about how worried she is about her immunocompromised husband having to wrestle still. And she hopes that she doesn't. You know, she hopes that he doesn't wrestle anymore. Yeah. I mean, you got to feel for, for like Abella at the moment. Oh because... God, we've got young kids. Like, of course, that's terrifying. I mean, you, know, you know, Brian, like, you know, he was talking about wanting to wind down his career, and, yeah. like, you know, soon, and there he is. He's out there front center. You know, <sighs> all right, go on, Daniel Bryan. Like, you know, no one's going to stop him from wrestling. But again, I mean, you look at some of these other matches. <laughs> the last few matches here now, we're really scraping the barrel. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. <sighs> What we got here, Joe, is a classic case of two people looking to prove something, looking for a fight. Bobby Lashley has done nothing since his feud with Rusev. Lana was filming a movie. She's not going to be there, I assume. Uh, Alistair Black has just been, you know, beating jobbers. And we thought he was going to be feuding with Seth. But instead, him and Bobby Lashley are going to have a match. They're going to have a match. There you go. (laughs) Yay. No story. No no feud. Tell you what, if you've got friends who've never watched wrestling before, you can look at them and go, look, all sorts. There's a tattoo man. There's a big muscular fucking bodybuilder here. All sorts, sure. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Look at the diversity on display. It's very strange. I, I must admit, I'm very intrigued to see if any of our listeners are going to try and show... I think we'd say we are going to watch WrestleMania. Because <laughs> I feel like our primer has been like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, oh, this is very much the before you buy warning shots. Like. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said before, like, we're, this is our job. We will watch this WrestleMania so you don't have to. I mean, WrestleMania will probably be free. You know, they're yeah. giving half the network's mostly free at the moment anyway. So go on, fill your boots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, previous years, the reason we've done these primers is so that if people who watch wrestling want to get their friends over to watch WrestleMania with them, they've got like a, an entry point. So they understand yeah. like the feuds going into it, the storylines, like what to expect. Like if you found yourself that just when you were out, you're being pulled back in, this was for you. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know if we're likely to get many people introducing their friends and loved ones to WrestleMania this year, because obviously we're not going to have WrestleMania viewing parties because we're all in lockdown. Well, there will be, you know, Skype parties. I'm hoping to do, do that with our usual WrestleMania crew when yeah. we watch along. I, I do wonder if there's going to be more instances of like, people watching wrestlemania with their partners well, who the, don't watch wrestling there's there's you know you know you're just gonna go out and say i'm going to my friend's house yeah to watch wrestling it's you know? like well i'm gonna stay up and watch wrestling do you want to we've got nothing else to do it's gonna be weird but yeah i, I told my parents that wrestlemania is gonna be in front of no one and they couldn't stop laughing they, they <laughs> laughed their heads off wow just laughing and the little that they know about wrestling and they they're like what's what's going on there you know what what's going on i would be really intrigued to know if you if you do get someone to watch wrestlemania for the first time this what year do they reckon to us? please please get in touch tell me what they think of this because i can't even imagine what like if this had been my first wrestlemania how would that have impacted my journey into wrestling ain't no podcast <laughs> ain't no live sex celebrations happening after wrestlemania 36 folks <laughs> Yeah, even if you've got a pirate fetish, I don't think it's going to be going down like that this year. <laughs> Remember last year, WrestleMania 35 in our review? We're going to put that out in the main feed and people are going to be like, God, sweet summer innocent children what from so been? long ago. Kyrie saying main eventing WrestleMania. We were so excited about the fucking the big pirate theme. And now we're like, Kyrie saying should probably stay in Japan and not come to WrestleMania. In that warehouse in Stamford, there's a massive fucking pirate yeah. ship right now. And either Braun Strowman's going to tip it over, you know, or he's sometime in the next six months, or Kyrie Satan's getting one hell of a push. <laughs> Every week come out in an armada, like. Uh, speaking of uh, random added onto the cards to make us all feel good about ourselves matches, King Corbin taking on Elias. Mm. Uh, King Corbin, who can no longer be brought out by his sedan because it breaks social distancing <laughs> rules. Unless, unless, like... maybe if they had a sedan and they managed to be six feet apart. So long, yeah. And he's on really high still, so he's six feet <laughs> up. You know? And he's like, duck the lights coming out. I think it would be funny if he just refused to do any entrance if he can't be carried out by his Sudan. He yeah. just like cuts all his promos from like backstage or at home or something and then just turns up without an entrance. As you are king, no one knows more about the Black Plague than King Corbin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Corbin's taken on Elias uh, because Elias sang a song that was like, King Corbin, more like Ming and Corbin, am I right? You fucking suck, mate. Way. And he got thrown from a balcony. Yeah. So we got that going on there. Hey, at least Elias ain't taking on Big Match John, you know? This WrestleMania has been rewritten so many times, and not for the reasons you would think. It was rewritten three or four times before the pandemic. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, it was all sorts was going to be happening. It was going to be... Uh, was Cena and uh, Cena and Elias we were going to get we were oh, going yeah. to get you know all, all these weird fucking matches were being uh, coming out the, the woodworks but yeah uh, no, no Triple H in this year's WrestleMania interesting that mm. usually manages to squeeze himself onto the card there uh, yeah I mean I don't see are you alright this year Hunter you don't want to wrestle are you sure we got you special Terminator Genesis armor it's too heavy <laughs> uh, final match on the card and one which I was kind of hoping they wouldn't do because it's probably my favourite storyline that we've done in, 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 in a long time, really. Uh, Otis Dojvik, Dolph Ziggler, for the love of Mandy Rose, these two are having a singles match. Dolph Ziggler pointing out he now will have as many singles matches at WrestleMania as Michael Cole. Wow. <laughs> there That's you an go. <laughs> he's, he's here to show the world. Uh, I mean, it's a love story. I kind of feel... 
that the original idea where they would have had like you know Dolph and Sonya and Bobby against heavy machinery and Mandy that can't work because that's obviously going to involve a lot of like ah you know big comedy moments yeah so I think this actually might be more of a like a Otis kills Dolph you know and him and, and him and Mandy make out and we all feel really good about it sure they can't though because of social distancing let's <laughs> do a little. Oh yeah, Tucky, Tucky, you gotta tip my elbow. Oh yeah, know, maybe that could happen. But um... I think that could be really interesting if they do have that. Like Otis wins against Dolph, and then like yep. Mandy and Otis are like about to like Im- lovingly embrace, but then it's like no social distancing. You have to keep them apart. Romeo and Juliet, man. Yeah, you know? I think it could be quite romantic. And then once this is all over, yeah, we're all down the Winchester having a nice cold pint and all winking and having a grand time, right? Uh, you do the new gimmick, which is Mandy turns heel and says that because she's so hot, everyone has to keep socially distancing from her. You know, <laughs> six feet, please. Like, you know, I don't want anyone to be missing up with my, my Instagram posts, you know. <laughs> so that's your WrestleMania card, folks. Consider yourselves primed in the loosest sense of the word. That is the stories of feuds and I guess a little bit of a sense of what to expect from WrestleMania this year. You may come away from this thinking, I don't want to watch WrestleMania this year. And you know what? Like, now's the time to find things that you want to do. And it's up to you. You know, you know what? There's a lot of public consciousness together, hive mind stuff at the moment. You know, and I know there's a great escape still from wrestling, watching live together. And all I'll say about, if you listen to all of us chatting there, and it might seem, this is going to be fucking weird. It might be miserable. It might be depressing. It might be something that could destroy or alter your fandom of wrestling forever. But, Joe, we're all in it together. Yeah? We certainly are. And we'll all be watching it together. Well, will we, though? Because I just worry it's going to be me and you watching it. (laughs) Because it's our job and we have to. But no, we'll be watching it together. And you you best believe, right, five, ten years from now... We'll be talking about this WrestleMania. Come hook or by crook, this is going to be one of, if not the most memorable WrestleManias. It's already the most memorable WrestleMania of my lifetime, Joe. And that's before Gronk even got involved. <laughs> Where do you stand? Are you excited for it? Are you going to be able to watch it live? Are you going to be tweeting along like normal? How, how are you going to absorb your WrestleMania? I think I will tweet along as normal. I... I, I depends i don't know if i'm going to tweet along for all of it both mm. nights because i think it will depend on if people are watching like if there's no one on there's no point me tweeting because i find myself at the moment both on social media more and off social media more yeah it's really interesting i get screen time reports on my phone that oh, tells yeah. me like how much i've been using my phone and since there's been lockdown i've actually been using my phone like five percent less than wow, usual which is really weird and not what i expected i'm finding the periods where i say right i'm gonna go on social media and i'm gonna participate and do some stuff I find I'm on more and doing more then but then I'm finding like the times like at the weekends and stuff where I'm like I just need a little bit of a break like you yeah. know I'm finding those tend to creep a little bit longer into like Friday and a little bit of Monday morning as well so I'm getting folks at the moment are staying off socials and, and all that and I get that because it's a lot of stress there and if you're someone who has you know everyone's got reason to be worried to some extent at the moment I guess but if you're someone who's in any way you know got more reason to be worried social media is more of a hellstorm than usual and mm. all that so hey look you know what 
use use your mute functions where applicable you know try and be nice to each other a little bit more than usual on on twitter because folks are you know i'm finding folks the, the fuse is just a little bit shorter i've probably got into more arguments and had more people then apologize to me afterwards you know <laughs> you know I, that's happened more in the last month than it's happened in the last seven years on twitter i mean you, know? you got accused of tax fraud for the i got accused time. of tax fraud yeah there you go uh, <laughs> you see you know folks this is my job and i do declare my taxes and i do wait a them. second we have to pay tax what oh, no. What? Good You're thing like, we've got an accountant, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah don't worry, folks. So, so they, you know, we know better than most that there's a lot of noise on Twitter and all that at the moment. All I'll say is, look, if you're following me, you're following How To, you're following Joe, any of us on Instagram or on, on the Twitter and stuff like that, we'll, we'll try to keep it light. We'll try to keep it... Try and keep it joyful. We'll try try and make you laugh and, and do what we do and try and keep you informed. You know, that's the best we can do at the moment. You know, we'll go back now with our normal episodes, normal services resuming. COVID-19, of course, has massive bearing on WrestleMania 36. And I think we've made that abundantly clear. Yeah. Next episode is going to be Taz. And that ain't got nothing to do with it. So it'll be normal service. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And get your tweets in for Taz, obviously. There'll be some information up on that on Twitter. And of course, your source for all this information, as always, is HowToWrestling.com. You know what I'm really worried about what's that the raw after wrestlemania because oh, the crowd man they're gonna tear up aren't they but like that we, we get this raucous not crowd they're coming from europe show <laughs> it's one thing like having a wrestlemania with no crowd because like you know often it's like finishing up feuds and storylines and angles and things but yeah. the raw after wrestlemania is debuts, when they debuts exactly yeah. new storylines swerves it's gonna be so strange do you think that there's going to be a pause put on wrestling Hmm. In, and I say that could be that they say right we'll do Raw and Smackdown but no pay-per-views you know it's really hard because I feel like the way America is treating this pandemic is so unlike the rest of the world like mm. Trump is not taking this serious and I'm sorry to suddenly get a bit political but I feel you can't talk about this without getting political it's the context of America right now yeah. I mean it's politicised this this, yeah. this pandemic and the, the fact is, is that Trump isn't taking this seriously you know one day he's saying oh this isn't a pandemic it's not a problem we've got this completely under control and the next day he's saying oh I've known this was a pandemic months before it was even announced in China quite WWE like in the uh, no the storyline was always this yeah you know, what are you talking about <laughs> so I think if if, if America gets to the point where they're actually in lockdown, mm. then I don't think wrestling will continue. Right. But I think I'm not confident that's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to be handled in America because I don't really, you know, obviously it's very different the way things are handled in America, like pandemics like this, yeah. to somewhere like in the UK, We're which I'm familiar island, with. We're a small island. Yeah. We have a government and like a monarchy and things. So it's totally different. If it's going to be different around the world. And I think yeah. you know, as, with the plea to folks to kind of try and maintain your sanity, just bear in mind, you know, when you're hearing stuff from other parts of the world, it's from another part of the world. It's, it's, it's going to be different and all that. All I will say is I have a, a, a plea right now for, for anyone who is involved in wrestling in any way, shape or form. And that's just pivot to the best of your ability. Yeah. You know, I think the more we try for folks who genuinely can't continue like things are normal, the more we try to continue like it's just normal. I think it's going to have long term consequences. And like when you're WWE you have that ability to pivot very easily. You have got hundreds of thousands of hours of archive footage. You've got a network. You've got a TV studio. You've got places around the world where you can send people safely to film footage for compilations and whatever it may be. And we're in a time where everyone has a smartphone with yeah. a camera. Like, there isn't really any excuse not to do content from home in social isolation. Re wrestling has needed an off-season for the longest time. 
And if any lessons are learned from this, and if that lesson is learned that, hey, we did an off-season and it didn't kill wrestling, or if that is like, we didn't do an off-season now and we have killed wrestling, <laughs> you know, there's lessons to be learned here. And I'm, I'm you know, and this is kind of, you know, I start off by saying, like, no, we should be talking about COVID on their podcast. Obviously, if you have to, and we have to in this case, yeah, do it and all that. But like, you know, if you're a podcaster, you got your own thing. If you're an escape, be your be the escape. Yeah. You know, be to the best of your ability. We all have to pivot at the moment and I'm just really hoping that wrestling managed to do that because the the people who are suffering right now, obviously everyone's suffering in their own respect, but there's a lot of wrestlers out there right now who are really hard up and this is gonna be a really weird time for them and the the not knowing is is difficult and you don't want to scaremonger, but you don't want to be you know, tell them, lead them down the primrose path and tell them that one thing's going to happen when it's not. So support your wrestlers where you can. Obviously, like normal, that was going to be things like going to your shows and all that. That's not available right now. I would plead to folks to, you know, you don't have to put your hand in your pocket. You can support your favorite podcasts and your favorite wrestling companies. Share your favorite matches or independent promotions. Exactly. You know, so many of them on YouTube now. Check, Send- out, check out Riptide Wrestling on YouTube, folks. You know, they've got loads of great stuff. You know- Send your favorite independent wrestler a nice message saying, hey, hope you're looking after yourself and you're okay. Yeah. Just want you to know that I'm a big fan and wish all the best for you and your loved ones. You know, you can help out your, your favorite podcast, your YouTube series, whatever, by just recommending because people are looking for stuff at the moment. Yeah. There's ways to help that won't involve touching your pocket. And I kind of feel like people are of the opinion right now, like, oh, well, everyone's, you know, wrestlers are asking for money and stuff like that. It's there's really, so you know, many there's ways, ways you can you help. Can help yeah. You know, there are ways you can help. So I kind of feel like there, there's, there's lots of ways to do that. There's lots of ways to show your support of, of all these, you know, it's, it's affecting wrestling at every different level, from the promoters down to the talent, to the referees, to the people who needed to go to that wrestling show once a month to kind of feel a sense of place and you know there's a lot of people who aren't seeing their friends right now and yeah. fucking, that sucks you know really does I can only as always ever say team friendship is a great place if you want yeah. to find some nice folks on Facebook to chat about wrestling in this weird time more than ever we need safe happy places to chat about wrestling without fear of you know reprisal or people you know being fucking weird and being angry and hateful and all that so yeah, yeah I, I would always say team friendship's your place for that and hey we'll be giving out some extra content both on the free timeline and on our patreon page halloween havoc 1995 available over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling as well as years upon years of wrestling pay-per-view reviews from when we had audiences and our how to revisit the series and for ten dollar backers as well joe has got her q a series the new episode of which has just dropped again over an hour in length lovely video episode there's loads of content there to get your teeth into and we will hopefully be bringing you lots and lots more until next time enjoy wrestlemania and who knows when we'll be back for another pay-per-view review because we don't know if AEW are going to do others we don't know if wwe are going to do another after wrestlemania either way we are going to find a way to crawl into your ear holes (laughs) because we love it in there yeah you've got pay-per-view classic which is our new classic pay-per-view series and there's how to revisit it there will be definitely at least two pieces of content for five dollar backers if not more and we'll try and make sure there's oodles of content here on the free feed as well so don't you worry folks we are going to continue on as normal even if the wrestling world itself is struggling to get to grips with normality right now until next time where it may or may not be slightly more or less normal it's a goodbye from me kevin and a goodbye from me joe and we'll see you next time on how to wrestling see ya